Hello, everyone. Welcome to All Things Beautiful Podcast with Coach Misty, your inner beauty coach. I'm super excited about another podcast. Thank you all for supporting me. Uh, I ask that you continue to share your reviews. Thank you for everyone that would even take the time to listen or share a review or even share through social media. I'm so forever honored and grateful for what God is doing through this podcast. So today is a very special podcast because I'm growing through some things now um, as it relates to this particular podcast, and I want you to grow with me. And so today I want to talk about segregated families growing through co-parenting. Segregated families growing through co-parenting. I know we usually use the word uh, blended family, but today I just chose to use the word segregated families just based upon the scripture and based upon where I am now and growing through the, the experience that I'm in right now. So I believe that my wisdom and my wounds will help you. Uh, it will guide you. And again, I only give you wisdom according to the will, the ways, and the word of God. Now, know that I'm going to be very transparent in my transformation. So if I'm struggling, I'm going to say I'm struggling right there. But this is what the word of God says so that you guys won't say I'm a hypocrite, right? For those of you listening for the very first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. You can learn more about me at allthingsbeinsideout.com. I am an author, a preacher, a life coach, a mentor, entrepreneur. I can keep going on, a mother, grandmother. Uh, and so I'm truly blessed. I have a blended family of six. Um, and so when I say that my family is segregated, blended, all the above, but I want you to know that it really helped me to be um, on the other side of being a child in a blended family. So I was raised in a blended home. And so being that I was raised in a blended home, there are some things that took place that I always said I would never want a child to feel or experience. And, you know, I, I just believe that parenting is hard for anyone because you learn as you grow and you learn as you go. And some parents, you know, they don't grow through it. They only follow the pattern of their mother, their father. But it is always my desire that I continue to grow as a mother and so my prayer is that you would choose to grow as a mother as well. Let me give you my scripture foundation. Again, for those of you who don't know me, again, I'm Coach Misty, your inner beauty coach. Been coaching and mentoring, going on 13 years. And I truly want you to, uh, to be able to have the tools to grow through what you're going through. It's all about our faith journey. It's about self-care, about growth about self-awareness, and a beautiful life in Christ. So, scripture reading for today is Mark 3, verse 25 through 27, and it says, And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but have an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house, spoil his goods, except he... Uh, will first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. 
And so, you know, I'm all about my coaching method, which is called RAIN therapy. It's about a renewed mind, emotional wholeness, inner healing, God's love, and a new life in Christ. So that is the formula and method that you'll see all those things throughout what I'm teaching you today. And so, again, I said that I'm going to use my life today as as a testimony and a testament of what God has called us to do as mothers. Um, and women of faith has a, we have a higher standard to live by no matter what we did before Christ. Most of us, um, are dealing with the after aftermath of our decisions based upon before we were saved or even when we were saved, but we didn't have the wisdom of God. We didn't apply it to our lives. And so because of that, the consequence is dealing with the aftermath. The aftermath of divorce or the aftermath of being, uh, you know, sleeping with a man before marriage. And now you have a child and now you're dealing with um, not being on one accord, not being in agreement with the way God said to parent our children. And so because of that, there's conflict, there's uh, strain, constraints, there's frustration, there's dissension, there's jealousy, there's envy, there's strife. There's quarreling and no matter else, you know, so much more that could be taking place. And I'm not here to judge. First of all, I'm not here to judge because I have three children of my own. My husband has three and together we have six. We don't say um, that's uh, stepchildren. We don't believe in that. Um, All of our children are our children. But that does not mean we have a perfect life. We definitely, any parent that is growing in a big family, it is a challenge, especially when the the mothers and the father on either side are not in agreement on how you're going to raise your children. So that's what I want to talk about today as, as far as segre- segregated families and co-parenting, growing through this experience because segregation means separated or divided. That means you're you're torn between two opinions. And in that, you just say, I just rather raise my child and the father has nothing to do with them and I we can just go live our lives. But that's not the right answer. It is not the way you should do it. Now, unless there is the four A's, abuse, addiction, uh, abandonment, and any type of molestation, you know, rape, any kind of perversion involved. If those things are not taking place in the father's life, then you should not shut the door to him being a father, no matter what level of fatherhood he's on. Now, many of you will not agree with me, but I'm just here to be the advocate. I'm here to demonstrate what God would want us to do as as women of faith, right? As much as we've been taught to operate in dysfunction and confusion, um, it's not about you. Always remember that it's not about you. It's about the children. It's about their safety. And, and you don't want to be the one that is a challenge to be responsible for the pain of the emptiness of a, of the father not being present in a child's life. You don't want to be 
the resentment that your child may have because you didn't give them the doorway. Now, let me go back to my life. And again, I have so much I can just feed into this and I don't know if I'm gonna have time today. I'm sure there'll be part three, four, five, six, seven, twenty, as long as I'm parenting, which is the rest of my life. Uh, I believe that, you know, we need to have more discussions around this. So not just on Mother's Day and Mother's of the month of May, we need to really dive in and get to the root of the issue. We must process the pain, get to the root of the issue and recreate healthy habits and cycles for co-parenting, a safeguard for our children that they can be okay with whatever level of parenting that the father is there. Um, always remember that the father may not have had a father, which is <laughs> the statistics is crazy. And I'm not going to go there either because it's not about that. We, we, I'm in real life right now. <laughs> so I don't need a statistic. I can tell you what's going on with me. And again, um, we often think that when, um, um, people who are in the the spotlight as pastors or coaches and mentors, that they don't go through anything, that they should have this perfect life. Their children should be perfect and everyone should be perfect. And being that I'm a co-pastor, then we have our children, our PKs, and people think that those ch- that our children should be perfect. And so it's unrealistic in the standard in which you know, we've been given because we all are growing. We all are, we all are maturing in Christ and everyone's not at the same place. And if it was up to us, right, to, to be able to parent without the other parent, oh, it could be easy because we have the foundation of Jesus Christ. We know how we are raising our children. Uh, we're training them up in the way that they should go so that they will never depart the faith but because we made a decision before Christ to do it with someone who wasn't ready to live for Christ, we are left with the consequence of these things. And, and you don't just throw away the baby because the bathwater is dirty. You just got to get to the root of the issue. Um, and so I, I know I'm going, 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 but it's just so many layers and layers and layers that we must deal with. And I'm just going to give you some major points that God gave me today. And I just tune in for part two that will come real soon. I want you all to dialogue with me because I need to know where you are. And so we can talk about it and I can keep adding to this particular podcast because I do believe it's going to grow uh, at a at a very fast paced rate because we need to grow through these experiences as uh, co-parents. We can no longer look at it as baby mama, baby daddy. No, we are co-parents. We're co-laborers. We're here on assignment to raise kings and queens in the kingdom of God. And right now they don't have the tools unless we give them to them. And if one parent is falling short, we still must be patient in them growing in their parenthood as God is being patient with us as we're growing through parenthood. And so in that, God can now come in and he can be the void and the emptiness wherever, whoever is falling short. He said he's the father 
to the fatherless, the mother to the motherless, the hope to the hopeless. And what that means is that when we allow Christ to come in to our parenting skills, he now makes up for where we fall short. If we allow him to, if we allow him to come in and give us wisdom, if we allow him to, uh, in first John two and 27, it says, for we do not need a teacher to teach us all things for the Holy spirit will teach us all we need to know. And we shall abide in him. So the Holy Spirit is teaching us how to parent, how to be a co-parent, how to be a co-laborer together. And in that, the wisdom of God permeates through our pain, permeates through our frustration, permeates through all the issues and the dysfunction and disparities. The Holy Spirit is working. If you're listening to the Holy Spirit, if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to come in, if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to to say, no, just shut up, or no, you need to say this, or you need to turn left. Again, for those who are not there in your relationship with God, do not worry. It's just simply say, Holy Spirit, I invite you to help me in my parenting skills. Help me in my struggles. Help me to get greater understanding uh, from the Father so that we can work together. And so the first thing you must understand is children are a gift from God. He said every good and perfect gift comes from God. Your child is a good and perfect gift from two parents who don't have it all together. And yet grace is there. And his grace is sufficient for this time and season of you coming together to raise your child or your children. You must allow the Holy Spirit to aid you and assist you and guide you with the, with your children. And I promise you, he will. Now, the second thing you must understand is you must use discernment as well as wise counsel. It's so important that you get uh, a mediator, rather be your pastor or a mentor, or a coach, someone that can say, you know, you're really wrong or you're right. Because when your heart is in it, when it's your children, a mother will go to war for her child. She will tune out everything her child could be wrong as two left feet or, or right as two left shoes or whatever. And she will go to bat for that. But sometimes we get involved and we say things and we get our feelings involved. We get our emotions involved, but our head is not in the game. So we make decisions off of how we feel or the movement of an emotion of anger or frustration. And oftentimes their children are in the middle of the battle, which is not fair to them because they had nothing to do with them coming into the world. They didn't ask for the mother nor the father. They didn't ask for dysfunction and crazy confusion. They just simply were brought here. God chose you and, and your spouse. Well, you chose the spouse, right? But at the end of the day, the gift of your child is here. So now you are left to deal with it. You can't just turn it off and say, I don't want to deal with him anymore because he's not paying child support. I don't want to deal with him anymore because he don't never do what he say he's going to do. And my child is hurting and pain 
Um, one thing I can tell you about children is no matter how wrong the father is, they still want to be a part of that child's life, the father's life. They usually still want to be present. Or sometimes your child can become bitter as they get teenagers. They become bitter and resentful and frustrated and no longer want access to the father. But if you're paying child support, the law says he has rights. My take on all of it is let the child grow in the relationship with their father, right or wrong or indifferent, unless the four A's are present, abuse, addiction, adultery, and, and adultery is tied into perversion, molestation and rape, and uh, abuse, addiction, adultery, and abandonment. And so even with the abandonment, if he comes back, um, you don't know what God is doing and working through him. You don't know if God is present in his life, delivering him from his dysfunction. So you always must leave a door open for him to get it right with your children. Now, again, it requires discernment by way of the Holy Spirit, but you must have a mediator because when your feelings and emotions are involved, you're not going to make the right decision. If you're not led by the spirit and seeking God for guidance, you're going to go against what God really wants to do. Right. And so you must say, Lord, I trust you to lead me and guide me. Give me the right answers to the questions, solutions to the problems so that we can meet in the middle and the best outcome for our child will be uh, to our child's advantage. The next thing is to remove your heartbreak struggles from your parenting and your decision-making. This is a big one because when you are still broken about how the relationship ended, especially if it's marriage, especially if you, if he, uh, if he cheated on you, especially if y'all, it was not a mutual agreement. If he walked out of the relationship if anything of that uh, sort took place and you are still broken, your heart is still not mended, you have not healed from that thing, then you'll find yourself making decisions based upon your heartbreak versus the best decision for your child. It's not right and it's not from God because God is always going to say, do what's best for the child. The child is the responsibility of the two parents and you must come together and get an agreement for what God needs to do in that child's life as you train them up in the way that God should want them to go. Now, again, your the father could not be saved and not know Christ, but maybe you're the only Christ that he will see. Maybe God is using you to bring his love to him so that he can get saved. Maybe you are the answer to God's prayer because God said, I wish that no man would perish, but have everlasting life. And so oftentimes we are, we have the mindset of, Oh, my enemies and you know, all these things, but he says, pray for your enemies, pray for those who despite despitefully use you pray for them, give to them, Love them. So if you're not operating from a place of love, you're operating outside of the way in which God has called us to live. 
Now, some of you are saying, you don't know what he said. You don't know what he did. All the craziness, all the chaos, all the confusion. Again, never allow a man to control your house from his house. That requires you to have boundaries around your child. It doesn't mean that you let him come in and run your house. It means you let him come come into a relationship with his child with boundaries with you. That is your responsibility. It requires work. The next thing you must do is forgive, forgive, keep forgiving, and keep forgiving. And how many times? Seven times seven. Over and over again. Because when a man has not been trained to be a father, see, there are many men who are, uh, they're men, they're they're dads, but they're not fathers. There's a difference. A father, a father's responsibility, understand it, it aligns to the word. So he could be a dad, but not a father. But a father is trained up according to the word of God. And so if he's not been trained to be a father, if he didn't have his father, there's a grace on his life based upon God. He said he'll be the father to the fatherless of And so God has to teach him to be the father he needs him to be, which requires you to have patience and time to wait. How? Oh, you probably said, well, when will he ever get it? Is he going to ever get it together? If he ever going to learn what to do, um, that's not your place. Your place is to be patient in the affliction. Count it all joy. When you're going through the times of trials and tribulations, count it all joy. When, it, when things are going wrong and you need them to go right, count it all joy. The next thing you must do after you love, you must love like Christ. And love covers a multitude of sins. Again, I gave you the four A's that you should not overlook. But other than that, you need to love like Christ. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not fault-finding. It's not self-seeking. It's not conceited. It, it it keeps no record of wrong. All these things that Christ does, you probably say, oh, I'm now nah, I'm past that phase. You don't know what he did. You don't know what he said. But that's not the way in which God called us as women of faith to operate. And this is where you're going to grow. Because the area uh, that you're irritated the most about your child's father is the area that you're going to grow. Remember I said I liken a woman of faith to a pearl that is developed through the irritation. A pearl is developed through irritation. The The sand gets it under, under the skin and it begins to develop and roll into this beautiful, rare gem. And a woman of faith is rare. It's rare for you to live right. It's rare for you to talk right. It's rare for you to uh, align your life according to the will, the ways, and the word of God. So because you're a rare gem, you does not disqualify you from being irritated. This irritation, the area that you're irritated the most is the area that you you need to grow. If you are so angry and so mad and so frustrated, that's the area that's off. That's the area that needs healing. That's the area that needs deliverance. That's the area that God has challenged you to move outside of that place through the fruit of the spirit, right? And so in that, you have to decide that you're not going to allow the irritation that you're experiencing 
to override the spirit of God who's teaching, training, developing you and growing you and maturing you through his word, right? There's something bigger through what you're growing through instead of going through. You'll go through it. You're going to keep repeating the same cycle, habits, and, and patterns that y'all will keep go, going through every week, every month, every year. You see the same issues, the same problem. And don't and, and God forbid if it's another woman involved, right? You dealing with the father and he has a wife or a girlfriend or uh whatever he has and and so if she's another uh, you know drama queen and all this craziness again you set boundaries you have him to put her in her place and then if you have to put boundaries on both of them you do but uh, you don't allow another woman to come in and tear down your house now let's go back to the scripture because it's perfect time in Mark three twenty seven. It says, "No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house." But so you must be stronger than a strong man. In other words, if you fight in the flesh, it's gonna be a bloody mess. But if you fight in the spirit, you're going to win every time. Because when we walk by faith and not by sight, and when we pray without ceasing, and when we seek the Father and be the peacemaker, blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the true sons of God. Then I and you, we get the breakthrough because God says, I have to bless them. But I got to work this together for her good right now because I'm, I'm teaching her to grow through this thing. I don't I want her to have the fruit of the spirit. I want her to operate in my love. I want her to be patient. I want her to see the bigger picture that I'm, I want this young man saved. I, I want his soul. I, I, I'm after him and I'm using her to do it. And so you need to know that it is bigger than you. This this whole thing is about legacy. It's about um, seeing a kingdom legacy fulfilled in the life of a child. One thing that God spoke to me when, oh, this was years ago, maybe 10 years ago. Now, if I tell you, I won't tell you my age, but my oldest son is 25. He'll be 26 in December. Uh, the middle son, he is, let's see, he's going to, he's got another birthday. He'll be 22. And then the baby will be 19. Then uh, we have Nala RJ, 14. 12, I'm sorry, we missed one. One about to be 18, 14, 12. So those are the age groups. Um, but 10 years ago, the Lord said to me, he said, I was, I, I was real bitter in that time and season. A lot had taken place. Um, but yet I, I, I think I was doing a really good job of co-parenting. I've always had a, a, a grace for it um, just based upon a, a, my experience as a child. So I was always more patient and always said I would be a friend to my children's father because I didn't want my children to grow up without their father being present. My mother withheld my father being in my life, and I still to this day don't know why. Um, but I do believe uh, it was some confusion on both ends, not just my father, but my mother. And so they couldn't get it together, and so my mother just didn't tell me anything and kept everything from me and 
rightfully so because now that I'm older my father still doesn't know how to uh react and re- respond to me so with that being said um is she right or wrong you know it was wrong because I if I would have been able to make the assessment myself I wouldn't have been bitter with my mother I'm not bitter anymore but I was as a child so I'm saying all this to say that what you do and what you don't do affects how your child looks at you. And it could cause a lot of resentment and bitterness in their heart, especially if it's a girl. Uh, and especially if it's a father who is connected to his uh, son. Let me say that differently. If a father's connected to the daughter emotionally um, and physically, he could not have a penny and she wouldn't care. Um, for a son, he needs to be connected physically, meaning being present in games and functions and things of that nature. And if he doesn't have the finances, he wouldn't care. He wouldn't care about the emotional needs. So all the children, depending on if they're a boy or a girl, uh, and depending on how the father shows up in his life, he needs to show up in every er, every element, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, but that's not always the case. And you have to be okay with him showing up. Just being present isn't enough, but at the end of the day, God has to teach him to be the father that he has called him to be. And so being that my husband has children as well, it's very, very challenging, but I'll say one of the areas that's the most challenging is when there is conflict and there's no conf- communication. Um, you know, you can reach out to them and try to bring bring peace as the mother or what they call the stepmother, however you want to call it. You want to bring peace and order and everyone's offended, so no one wants to listen. And what can you do at that point? You can only pray. So like I said, there's so many elements to this that I don't have enough time to break it down. But I am letting you know that communication through conflict is very important. Do not shut down and put walls up and say, no, no, we're not going to discuss this. And you're not going to see my child. And I don't want to talk about it because it's not healthy. You must talk about the things you don't want to talk about. And you must do it in a way that's peaceful, that God can be glorified. And I pray that she hears this podcast because, you know, again, there are times when, you know, we could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, let me know that I'm wrong. If we don't communicate and through the conflict, we can't resolve the problem. If I'm just assuming something, I'm going to be off. And this is what usually happens. You assume something. You assume that you're right when you're really wrong. You assume that someone feels some kind of way and, and they don't even know what you're talking about. They they ain't even on that. They they ain't somewhere way down, not even thinking about that foolishness you're thinking about. So pettiness will never prosper if you petty, especially when you utilize your child against the father. It's not healthy and it's certainly not going to... You cannot be blessed in that way. When, and so to all the mothers who choose to dangle their children in front of their father, 
to manipulate them for selfish gain, shame on you. It is not from the Spirit of God. And so we see this time and time again as a coach. I, and again, oftentimes it's just you're broken, you're hurt, you're discouraged, you're sad. You know, things are going on and you can't. It's so much rushing through, so much adrenaline rushing through. And then if you have influence from the grandparents and, you know, the aunties and cousins and brothers and sisters, it just continues to grow. And so, you know, we have a lot of work to do. But my prayer is that we work according to the word of God. Um, the next thing you must pray without ceasing. The prayers of the righteous avail much. If you would learn the power of prayer and how God will show up for you, because instead of you being petty, you pray. Instead of you being petty, you praise God. Instead of you being petty, you sit there and remember the promises of God that are yes and amen. And God will vindicate you every time. He will go into the court courtroom of heaven and ensure that you're found not guilty. But if you're wrong, admit you're wrong. If you didn't do it right, just admit you didn't do it right. If it's, sometimes you have to uh, be the peacemaker. You have to be wrong to be right. And, and, and you may say, that's not right. I'm not doing it. I'm always about peace. I'm going to do whatever I have to do for peace in my home. And in that, God will bless you and glor he will be glorified in him. The next thing is the child needs uh, must be put before anyone else. The child's needs must be put before anyone else because it's really about ensuring that whatever the child is in need of, that that child gets it mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. And even if the father is falling short financially, don't uh, allow that to be the reason that you don't let the child have a relationship with the father. If you believe God supplies all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, which you should, your provider is God. He is your provider. He's your provider. Allow him to provide for you where that man falls short. And I promise you, you will find God in the midst of it all. I've been on that side when the finances stopped flowing and I kept praying and I kept seeking God and I never missed a beat. And I was always able to make provision for my children because God was my provider. And you must trust God to provide for you. The last thing is you must grow through what you're going through. Look at what God is teaching you through this experience. I promise you it's bigger than what you think. And so we're going to do a part two of this because so much came out of even what I was saying. Um, and there's some things I'm growing through now. And when I come to the end of that, I believe that I'll have a testimony that I can share Right now, I'm in the middle of it, so it's not easy to share. But I will say that I am, I'm following these steps in which I've just given you. And I know that God will be glorified. You know, I, what, I, what I'm excited about is I see my growth. I see that I'm not responding the way I want to respond. I see myself praying more than 
what I want, what I really feel, right? My feelings and my emotions want to say something. My mouth wants to speak from my emotions, but I'm allowing my mouth to only speak what, what I want and what I desire to see take place in all of the children and everyone involved because it is the will of God that we see healthy examples of co-parenting. Um, a great example was um, my uh, my grandchildren's mother um, said something that really touched my heart. She said that, that me and my son's uh, stepmother are her relationship goals, that when she remarries, she wants to have a relationship with... Um, with the children's stepmother or however it goes, you know, it's again. And that blessed me because um, Christine and I, we have been well, we've done well to co-parent. When she got married to my son's father, she really, um, we came together, we prayed through some things and issues for her life. I mean, every day wasn't easy. Uh, we, we did have a fallout or disagreement here and there. But our goal, our common goal was to make sure we did everything um, that was right and what was best for our child. And then that that makes it easy when you have someone else who believes what you believe and going in the same direction. We were growing together in our relationship with God. And it wasn't a judgment zone. It was just, let's, let's just get through this. Let's figure it out. Let's walk it out. Let's work it out. And so you have to work it out and you got to grow through it. And again, um, I've been on the other side where you is so much discord that you can't even talk. And if your children are teenagers, then you really don't need to get involved. Allow, allow the responsibility to go on your, your teenager and the father so that you don't get involved and get chaotic with it. Now, again, you still have to be the parent and communicate things, but for the most part, the child is now at an age that he can now communicate with his father and they can work it out together and you can pull back and let God be God. And that's a whole nother lesson. I know it's so many layers that that came up through this whole podcast, but thank you for listening. Please leave your comments in the bottom. There's so much more. Uh, when I tell you my testimony is so deep, Um, but God is so faithful in my life and I live a peaceful life in in the midst of chaos. I've always learned and and, and I'm going to leave you with this snippet and I pray that it works for you. I've learned the Lord has taught me. My, my cousin who is a pastor said something to me and it stuck with me forever. He says, whenever there's a storm in your life, it's just like a hurricane. You must center yourself in the middle of the storm, in the eye of the storm. That way, whatever's going on around you won't affect what's going on in you. You'll find peace. You'll find rest in the midst of the chaos because you're centered in the eye of the storm. So you must center yourself in the eye of a storm. In your parenting times, center yourself. And what's going to happen is peace will be amongst you even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of all the things that are trying to draw you in. Be the peacemaker at all costs. 
and God will glor God will be glorified in your life because you don't know if God needs you to be that example of the love of Christ in the earth. God gave you to be the DNA of Jesus Christ in the earth, the DNA of love. Demonstrate the love of Christ and God will be glorified and you will not believe what's going to happen through you standing firm on the foundation of God's word. He will show himself mighty and he will, he said, if you would humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. So humble yourself and let God be God and watch him work. All right. I got to go. If you want like to schedule one-on-one for a breakthrough, for clarity and for reflection, Go to allthingsbeinsideout.com and schedule your one-on-one. I look forward to meeting you. You have any questions, email me, Coach Missy at allthingsbeinsideout.com. You can also go to my website, allthingsbeinsideout.com. Look forward to meeting you guys, talking with you. I hope you left a comment in the comment section and rate this five star. Uh, if you love me, I love you back. And even if you don't love me, I still love you. All right. God bless. Good night.